You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends, and welcome to the first episode of The Bookstack. I'm Nia. I'm Annie. And I'm Sydney. Our stack today is origin stories. And what better way to get into origin stories than with our own as we get in just before we get into our stacks? Annie, do you want to start? Sure. I'm Annie. I'm coming uh, recording out of Texas, I'm just north of Dallas. My literary background, I am currently a master's degree student trying to get a degree in, liter- in uh, library science. I taught English at a high school for four years and will someday go back to that. Uh, my genres of choice, I read a lot of historical fiction. I read a lot of realistic fiction. I read a lot of memoir. Um, and then I didn't read much in high school and really what turned me on to reading was college. It was a way to get my education degree and I just kind of kept going from there. I've got four kids now, so I read a lot to them and I read a lot to myself and I just will read anything that I can find at Barnes and Noble and Costco and anything that my friends tell me to read. So uh, I'm Mia. Um, I'm coming to you from Maryland, just outside of Baltimore. Um, I have a master's in library science. I've been in libraries since 2014. It's been a little while. Um, and I looked a little bit into education before that, but uh, I've, I've found my niche in, in libraries. Uh, genres of choice, it changes all the time. I read pretty much anything. Um, lately, it's been a little bit more sci-fi, space opera, space westerns, um, but I read a lot of true crime. I read a lot of nonfiction that are that's in relation to access and the digital divide and that kind of stuff too. Um, but I'm a big fantasy reader. I read chiclet. I didn't really realize that was a genre really until lately, um, which is kind of fun. So, and I've always been a big reader. It's been, if you want to read it, here you go. Um, even the stuff that gave me nightmares, I always read that stuff and my parents would just be like, don't lose the books from the library. So that's, that's kind of my background. I'm Sydney, and I am coming to you from Utah, in the heart of Salt Lake City. I have been a teacher in English for 13 years. I started in junior high. I taught junior high for nine years, and then I jumped to high school, and I've been in high school for four. I just recently finished my PhD in curriculum and instruction, so while everyone else was shut down with the, the, the national lockdown that we did. Um, I jumped onto Zoom and defended my dissertation and finished everything out. So that was very exciting. Um, I love a lot of different genres of books. I started out reading regular things. Um, I got really into like the Boxcar Children, which got me into the Happy Hollisters from like the 50s or 60s, wherever that was. That was um, there were some old, old copies of those books in my house and I found those and, and latched onto those. Um, I jumped into a lot of young adult fantasy and sci-fi. I do a lot of reading to escape. I, I enjoy new worlds with different magic systems and different things that, that couldn't possibly exist here and what that looks like and, and how it would change things. Um, in the last year and a half, I've lashed onto a lot of historical nonfiction and true crime. And I don't think that that would have, I never thought that that would be me. Like I never thought that I would be the nonfiction girl. And um, I'm still 
not the nonfiction girl with a lot of current event stuff. Like I don't read biographies or memoirs, um, but I love weird history. That's, that's my jam. And I've always been that, that kid that reads. Like I was, I was that stereotypical child that would take the flashlight under the covers and like, you know, hide, hide that I was reading. Um, and my mother who was an avid supporter of my reading was only mad because she was the one that had to get me up in the mornings and I am not a morning person. I am not fun to be around for the first like 30 to 45 minutes that I'm awake. Like I'm kind of grumpy. Um, and I, it was really hard for her to get me up in the mornings because I would stay up so late sleeping or stay up so late reading. So anyway, that's me. And now that you know all of our orange origin stories, you kind of know where we're coming from. Um, let's talk about our favorite origin stories from our stacks. So Annie, what have you got in your stack? So I have two books in my stack. I wanted to start with a uh, nonfiction book that I read a couple of years ago. It came out in 2016. And this is a book that I recommend to everyone. I recommended it to my dad. I recommended it to my students when I was teaching sophomores. I recommend this book to everyone. Uh, it's called Shoe Dog and it's by Phil Knight. So if you don't know who Phil Knight is, he is the guy behind Nike. He's the man who started the company. He's the man who's still running the company. He is Nike. And uh, this is his origin story into one of the companies that we all shop at, that we all see in every store we go to in Target, in Walmart, at the outlets, at Kohl's, everywhere. Um, and it starts from when he was importing shoes from Japan and just kind of selling shoes out of the trunk of his car all the way through to today. I liked it because honestly, when you read the book, you think, okay, so this page, something bad is going to happen. This page, something bad is going to happen. This page, come on, something's got to happen. And he just had such a positive attitude that yeah, bad things happened, but really in his mind, nothing bad happened. And so as far as origin stories go, I think it's a really positive story uh, about overcoming odds and building something into an empire. So with that, I took uh, two quotes from it that I really have stuck with me and that, again, I share with everyone. And the first one says, uh, starting my own business was the only thing that made life's other risks, marriage, Vegas, alligator wrestling, seem like sure things. But my hope was that when I failed, I've, if I failed, I'd fail quickly. So I'd have enough time, enough years to implement all the hard run lessons. I wasn't much for setting goals, but this goal kept flashing through my mind every day until it became my internal chant, fail fast. Uh, and that to me is a quote that everyone should have as they start something, as they become something is if you're going to fail, which you probably will, and that's okay, you fail fast and get back up and keep going. And then the other one that I liked uh, just kind of spoke to me. It says, I wanted what everyone wants to be me full time. And I think that goes to anyone, again, who's starting something new, who's becoming something new, that you just want to be you all the time, every day, as much as you can. And then the other book that I chose is a fantasy book, which isn't really in my wheelhouse, but I thought it was beautiful in so many different ways. And so I chose it. Uh, it's called Shadow and Bone, and it's by Lee Bardugo. Uh, it was first published in 2012, but it kind of, I feel like it had a slow introduction into the world. Um, and then picked up in 2020, I think, with the Netflix 
revival, so everyone's finding it now. Uh, and the reason I chose this as a good origin story is because it goes into three different characters' origins, not just the main character. It goes into the positive main character, it goes into the negative main character, and it goes into the other main character that most people really love. Uh, and so as a reader, you're able to choose which character you want to root for, which one you want to follow. And uh, Alina and Mal, the two positive, if you will, main characters, have the same origin story that they were orphans and came into their powers kind of as they continued to grow or just randomly, as with Alina. And then the other character, the Darkling, was raised with this power. And so you've got three different origin paths to follow and you get to choose. Do I want to follow the positive power from the sun? Do I want to follow the negative power from breaking the world in half? Or do I want to follow the origin that could be mine where I'm just really good at what I do? So that's why I liked it. Uh, I don't really have any quotes from that book because it, as I was looking through them, I thought, okay, I really like this story. I don't necessarily like the sentences and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. It is still a beautiful origin story that everyone should read. And then they should watch the Netflix show and decide, you know, how they feel about it. I have my own thoughts, but I do want to read all of the sequels, all like eight of them. I'm going to read them all because I did love the story that much. So those are my two origin stories and hopefully I can share more as we go forward. Andy, I just want to add, because I loved <laughs> the animation with which you brought all of that in. Um, I actually I actually got into the series, into that book, into that trilogy when they first came out. I have the original printing hardcovers that Me are too. gorgeous covers. Like those covers are incredible. They are. And, I, and that world that, that Lee Bardugo created was so fascinating because all of her series that have come out of that, you can see that growth as a writer. In her, in her book, King of Scars, there are sentences where I stopped and would just like, cause as you said, you didn't pull any quotes out cause there weren't any beautiful sentences. They were just, it was just a good story. In King of Scars, which is one of her duologies that parallels um, what happens after, there are sentences where I stopped and went, that was a beautiful sentence. And I don't usually do that with fictional writing. So, so I just wanted to add, like, I just wanted to throw that in because I, I found that fascinating. I found it fascinating I wanna, that you that you made that comment when I was like, oh yeah, it's gross. So just to add to our credibility, I'm pretty sure I was I had Sydney with me at the bookstore when I first bought my copy of Shadow and Bone. I'm pretty sure we were at the bookstore together. I'm I'm pretty sure I I'm yep. pretty sure I dragged you into that. That would yep. that sounds exactly like something I would do. And I don't know, 10 years later, I still have it. So I love thank that. you, Sydney. Mia, what about you? Uh, I just want to add friends, take friends to the bookstore and help them find new things. So that's, that's, that's how you do these things. Um, so my stacks are much older books, um, much older, much older. It's kind of relative, I guess. Um, the first one is the magician's nephew by CS Lewis. Um, most people are pretty familiar with the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. There've been several movies. There've been, you know, series adaptations. Um, but it's, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is not the first one in the timeline. Um, the first one in the timeline is book six. Um, and that was the publication order was the sixth book was The Magician's Nephew, which kind of gives the backstory of why is there's this random wardrobe that goes into a whole nother world? 
oh wait, it didn't just magically happen. It just didn't just appear, right? Something happened there to create it. And that's kind of what the story is. And it's a very dynamic thing. And it talks about people that you hear of in the background of the line, the witch in the wardrobe, but they're, they're people. Um, and this series was one of the first ones I ever read. I still have my original copy that was my dad's copy. So I still have those books. They've moved with me several times. They came across country with me. I'm looking at them while I'm doing this too. Um, so that's kind of part of my origin story as well. And then the other one I wanted to talk about was The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Everyone has heard The Hobbit. Everyone has seen Lord of the Rings. You've seen them out there, even if you haven't read them. Um, the Silmarillion doesn't really get a lot of talk because it's basically his notes for world building turned into a published book. So if you're trying to read it, it can be a slog in some spots, especially when he's talking about, you know, fam familial histories, it kind of, it, it's a little sluggish, but the whole point is it helped him build those worlds that we've come to enjoy and have seen on the screen and in animated adaptations and all of that stuff. Um, but it is wonderful to listen to because even as notes, they are very lyrical. So if you are interested in it, but you're having a hard time reading it, I listen to it. I have it on audiobook. It is the person who reads it, I'd have to look up, I don't know who it was, um, did a wonderful job. So that one's kind of cool, but it also, having something like that makes me feel a little less weird because I do write. I don't have anything really published out there yet, but my notes are a giant disaster, but they help me keep things, you know, organized. And so I know where things are going. So to see what a very big name, however controversial a lot of his stuff is, um, to see that, oh yeah, he made a mess and it was so lyrical. It got published. I'm like, okay, I don't feel too bad about what I have either. So those are, are my two, two origin stacks. I love both of those. That's like, those, those are great picks. Yeah. Um, also, as you were talking about audiobooks, the, uh, the magician's nephew and all of the CS Lewis series in that realm, they actually put out a audiobook series that are like full acting like full theatrical publicate like uh, audiobooks. Oh, oh they did like a full cast. They did a full cast. They have all the sound effects. Like people, like you hear this, the footsteps like walking down the hall. Oh, that's amazing. I'll have to track that down. I have yeah. a copy. I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can share it with you. Right on. I've tried to read the Selmarillion and it did not go well because <laughs> just of the, that's one of those where I say that was a really good movie because they don't have to say as many words. Things can be in the background still happening, but I will have to look at it in audiobook. That is a really, really good idea. Thank you. That's how I got around exactly. a lot of stuff. Shakespeare, yeah. that's how I got through my Shakespeare classes because I struggled reading it, but I could listen to it and it made it much easier. I will have to look into that. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I, audiobooks get a bad rap. Sometimes like there are people in this world that are like, no, audiobooks aren't reading. Yes, they are. Because they your, your, brain, are. your brain still like latches on and experiences that world as you're picturing it and thinking about things that are going through and, and in my classrooms read, yeah picture books are also still reading absolutely so we're graphic that novels. Out there. Graphic oh, yeah. novels yes anything yeah. that engages your brain that it, that takes you to a different place or gives you a different experience that's reading absolutely 100 percent. love this i also pulled two books from my stack to talk about for origin stories and 
I went in two very different directions. I think, and I love that all three of us went in super different directions because it, it shows a lot of the diversity and origin stories. So it makes me very excited. The first one I picked, the first one that popped into my head was The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. It's the prequel to the Hunger Games trilogy. And it follows President Snow before he's President Snow. Um, the man that we come to know as President Snow and it follows him. It gives a bit of his background as a child and some of the hardships he went through and then it shows him as a young man. And it gives this world building that shows how the games became the spectacle that they became and it's all the, it's all his doing and how all of that came into, into play. And I love that because you know he's the villain, you know he's the antagonist in the series that you're going to read. Like, you know he doesn't become a good person. But the way that the story is written, she builds up sympathy for him where you feel like there's this build to something where he could do the right thing and he could stop stuff and he could make it better. And then he chooses the wrong path. And it, it was such a fantastic origin story to me because it shows how powerful simple choices can be and how choosing the easy thing versus choosing the right thing can change everything because he habitually chose what was best for him instead of best for everyone. And he habitually chose the easy path or the path that would benefit him most instead of society as a whole. And it became the Hunger Games that we saw later, well, that we already knew about, but if you then went back and reread the books that you saw you know, became the spectacle that they were. Uh, the second book that I picked is a nonfiction that absolutely sucked me in with the introduction, which as a child, I refused to read introductions. I felt like they weren't part of the book. And as an adult, I realized that was stupid. <laughs> um, the second book I picked is Dress Codes, How the Laws of Fashion Made History it's by Richard Thompson Ford. He's a Stanford law professor whose dad was a tailor. So he grew up in that world of fashion and, and tailoring and how all of this came to be. And then as he grew into the, the role that he chose, which is that of a lawyer and then a, a law professor, he kept that part of himself, his origin story, and he turned it into this incredible book where he's done all of this insane research that goes back to the 1300s about how fashion and how these laws regarding fashion actually became true laws and shaped the world that we know. And I pulled a quote that's actually from the very first page because it's a story that he, that he pulls his readers in with. And it's what caught my attention and it's what made me want to keep reading. And so I thought I'd share it with you guys. It was in evidence that Mr. Hetherington appeared on the public highway wearing upon his head what he called a silk hat, which was offered into evidence. A tall structure having a shiny luster and calculated to frighten timid people. As a matter of fact, the officers of the Crown stated that several women fainted at the unusual sight while children screamed, dogs yelped, and a young man was thrown down by the crowd which had collected and had his right arm broken. For these reasons, the defendant was seized by the guards and taken before the Lord Mayor. The idea that a top hat 
cause women to scream and people to faint. Like, I wish really? you could have seen our faces <laughs> as you were reading that because both Nia and myself were just like, oh my gosh, how it, how, 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 what? No, I, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> It was that, absolutely amazing. That is literally <laughs> how he starts the introduction. And then he goes in to explain why he's interested in fashion and, and all of these things. And he, as a Black man, focuses on a lot of men's fashions and how that influenced um, the laws based on how social hierarchies were built and like what you could and could not wear based on your social status. And the fact that it's... I mean, it talks on women's fashions as well, but the fact that it is on men's fashions actually to me says a lot more because that's something that most people don't touch on. It's so unique and it's such a different perspective that goes back to the 1300s when people stopped wearing draped cloth. Like, it's just so fascinating to me. It sounds really interesting. That sounds just be like, oh, it's dress codes. That doesn't appeal. But that intro, especially with that opening quote, well, and it sounds fascinating. If you, if you ever look at the cover, you have um, you have very specifically um, men's royal or noble noble garb with the uh, the man putting his best foot forward, which is where that phrase comes from. Where they used to posture themselves, they would peacock, where they would put their best calf forward to entice the women by which you know how strong their calf muscle looks, which is you know obviously a sign of virility. And that's where that phrase came from. Put your best foot forward is from men's fashion. And it's fascinating. And I, I, and just, I am, I love this book. So I keep seeing you post that on social media, on Facebook, on all the things. And I'm going, ah, that cover kind of turned me off. I thought, I I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I don't know. And then you read that quote and I immediately put it on my to be bought list. that's going to happen in my life it's just going to as you should yeah I think six of our books need to be on people's lists I think that's the whole reason why we wanted this out there like the whole reason we're sharing our book stacks is so that everyone else in the world can create their stack and add to their stack we're going to be trading our stacks back and forth as we go to where I'm like let's add that let's add that I'm with you that's going to go on my next list so well, now that we've had some phenomenal stacks to uh, jump into this, um, what are we reading right now? What are you going to pick up next? So along with uh, dress coats, because that's going to happen, um, I'm also reading Gilded by Marissa Meyer. Uh, it's, from what I understand, it's a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, and then I'm also reading The Boys, a memoir of Hollywood and family by uh, Ron and Clint Howard. Um, yeah because I just can't get away from memoirs. So that's happening also. <laughs> oh, happy day. Yeah. Hey, you know, I couldn't help wrong. it. I'm so sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs> hey, you know, we read what we like. Life is way too short to read stuff that you don't like. So. 100% agree. Um, I'm reading, actually I'm reading two different nonfiction books, which is, I guess not. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Like I said, with my reading, uh, one of them is by rust of nail and prick of thorn, the theory and practice of home warding by Althea Sebastiani. Um, that's kind of something I need to get focusing on is just getting some, some stuff put back in order. And it's a really nice, really nice intro to any of that stuff. So if you're looking to get into doing home warding or home 
protections um, that are more energetic and it's warding. I don't know if that's coming through with my enunciation here. Yeah, can you explain what home warding is? So it's basically putting up a protective energy barrier around your house. And it talks about what you can protect against versus what you can't. You can't just be like, keep all the things out. It doesn't work that way. So if you want to keep, you know, rogue spirits from coming into your house, that's something you can do. If you want to keep people from, you know, hurling stuff at you, which does happen, it doesn't happen as much as you would expect if you read a lot of fiction books, but it does happen. Um, this is a good approach for that as well. Um, places that you might want to be. If you're somewhere that has a lot of foot traffic, that could be something you want to make sure you're keeping a lot of that stuff out. Um, think like if you're in an apartment building and you can smell all the cooking smells around you. Um, this is kind of the same thing, but it's more like keeping the energy out. So yeah, so that's what that is. Um, but she does, or she, they, I probably have messed up pronouns. Um, it, it's really well written. It's very basic, um, simple to understand, which is nice, um, but very, very effective. So that's where some of my attention has been. And I'm also reading The Master Switch by Tim Wu. Um, he is, it's about the rise and fall of information empire. So it talks a lot about you had the rise in telephone communications and what that kind of looked like and how it turned into, well, this is a luxury. And so we can charge whatever we want and it becomes a monopoly and then it becomes a problem. And then you have the government stepping in and going, you can't actually do that. Uh, AT&T was one of those companies. And now we're seeing something very similar starting to spool up and spin out with the internet and with the digital divide. And so that is why I'm currently reading that one right now. Uh, because that's where my focus is. So those are my two that I'm working on. I just put the master switch on my list. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I I love this. I hope other people are going to get as much out of this as we are, because this is just like book club on steroids. I love this. I am reading, uh, I tend to not read more than one book at a time. And I, for the first time in a very long time, I'm kind of breaking that pattern. It's not like a rule that I have, um, but I do have, I have ADD. And so I tend to try to not strain my attention in books because everything else in my life kind of feels everywhere and out of control. Uh, but I'm, I'm listening, I'm reading two books and then I, I kind of go back and forth between the, the ebook and the audiobook. And so both of these that I'm in the middle of right now are fantastic audiobooks as well as good reads um, insofar as what I've finished so far. <laughs> um, I'm reading Powers and Thrones by Dan Jones, and that's a nonfiction about all of the different influences and impacts and world powers that led into what controlled and what dominated in the Middle Ages. Again, historical nonfiction. I'm kind of a nerd. So I'm reading about all of that, it tends, it, it, Dan Jones actually reads his own audiobook and he has a fantastic British voice and it's really fun to listen to. Um, but he goes back and it's not just explaining what happens in the Middle Ages, it's all of these precursors of the Roman Empire and the Byzantines and the Arabs and all of these different world powers in the known world and how that influenced what became the Middle Ages, which I think is fascinating. And then I'm also, because the movie came out, Dune, and the movie was phenomenal. And I was like, oh, 
it ended on a cliffhanger and I don't like that. Hey, look at this book series. I'm going to start that. So I started reading Dune because I didn't want to wait for the next movie to come out. So I have not seen the new Dune movie. It was on my list to watch. I I loved loved the book. The book is phenomenal. The cinematography is actually really great. And having read, so I'm halfway through the book. And that's basically where the movie ends is the, is the first half of the book. Are you kidding? No, it's part one. It lists in when you start the movie that it's part one. Um, And it ends right after he makes his way out into the desert. So I wasn't going to put it on my list, but Nia's face is making me put it on my list. (laughs) That one. The movie was done very, very well. I love the, the acting choices that, the casting director made I think that that was very well done it was Mm -hmm. beautifully rendered the cinematography is great the I'm a big uh soundtrack person I if I love that if I love something it's because the soundtrack drew me in I'm very much an audio person that way and the the audio was just the soundtrack was phenomenal and it, it sucked me in and so the book is is seemingly tied very closely with the part one of the film so if you enjoy the book then you'll likely enjoy the film. If you enjoy the film, then I suggest going and reading the book because it doesn't end where the movie does. That's amazing. And That's... Your, your face right now. I, I know no one else can see this. Everyone's just going to hear it and they're going to be like, well, what was going on with her face? Shock and awe, people. Shock and awe. So how many books are there? In, is there just one June six. book? There, there are, are six? six in the series. Okay. Okay. Um, but if you buy series. the if you buy the ebook, you can actually buy this just a set of you can just buy the the one ebook that has oh, all six in it. Okay. But when you do that, you can't get the audiobook that accompanies it. You know, like when you when you buy the ebook on Kindle and you can just like add Audible for this much money, mm-hmm. it doesn't do that. So you have to buy them separate unless you buy each book by themselves. But the audiobook <sighs> is very well done because it has different actors or different voice actors for each of the parts. So you can hear the difference between the actors. And I, I enjoy that because it makes it easier to picture in my mind. And I appreciate that because it makes it easier for me to track. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. So because you, the last one... thing you want is a British guy speaking as a woman and trying to be like, okay, mm, suspension uh, you know, of disbelief. I can almost get there. I just can't I picture it entirely. That's, I feel like that could be almost its own stack of, audiobooks that are done well or not done well and but, maybe we uh, should pick that up people should, should let us know if they want to hear that so yeah that's it's good to know that the audiobook is is well done for Dune. i'll have to track that down as well um see if the local library has got that um well this was wonderful thank you for listening friends to the first episode of the book stack and as we sign off we'd like to leave you with some food for thought and we will hopefully see you next time. So we're going to finish with this quote. Uh, Books are the legacies that a great genius leaves to mankind, which are delivered down from generation to generation as presents to the posterity of those who are yet unborn. And that was by Joseph Addison. Uh, if you would like to, please, you can follow us on Twitter at the Bookstack Trio and or at Bookstack Trio and Bookstack Trio on Instagram. So thank you.